Jenny McCarthy was always right. Big government and big pharma have known about the link between catastrophic mercury aluminum levels in child vaccines and autism since 2005. And they covered it up. By Brian Cates. Unnerved at the growing popularity of author Robert Kennedy Jr.'s explosive book, The Real Anthony Fauci, last week CNN anchor Jake Tapper took to his Twitter account to disparage the author as a liar and a conspiracy theorist, peddling snake oil to the public while defaming his good friend, who, head of the federal government's National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, and who is also Tapper's frequent guest on his program, The Lead. Jake Tapper tweeted, Robert Kennedy Jr. is a liar, grifter, and menace to public health. His own family has had to write op-eds to rebut the lunacy he pushes. Robert Kennedy Jr. then offered to debate Tapper publicly over his accusations, Tapper snidely turned him down and continued attacking Kennedy Jr. on his Twitter. Jake Tapper tweeted, Truly embarrassing. No, I'm not going to lend credence to a conspiracy theorist whose views are so false, unhinged, and dangerous to public health, his own siblings feel the need to publish op-eds against him. After such a sustained, high-profile personal attack by one of the nation's leading fake news propagandists, it wasn't long before the founder of Children's Health Defense fired back at Tapper with some accusations of his own. And unlike Tapper, Kennedy Jr. provided sourcing and documentation for his claims. From Children's Health Defense, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the day Jake Tapper sold his soul to pharma. There's a reason CNN's Jake Tapper is intent on branding me a menace and a liar, and why he refuses to debate me on the merits of facts and scientific evidence. Here's the backstory. Kennedy reveals that back in 2005, the FDA and the CDC finally got around to doing the basic ninth grade algebra they should have done back in the mid-1990s when they'd added a plethora of new vaccines to the vaccination schedule for the nation's public school children. I will quote briefly from Kennedy's article, and I encourage you to click over and read the entire amazing thing. Quote, in 1999, in response to exploding epidemics of autism and other neurological disorders, CDC decided to study its vast vaccine safety data link, the medical and vaccination record of millions of Americans archived by the top HMOs, to learn whether the dramatic escalation of the vaccine schedule beginning in 1989 was a culprit. CDC's in-house epidemiologist, Thomas Verstraten, led the effort. Verstraten's initial data run suggested that mercury-containing hepatitis B vaccines administered during the first month of life 
were associated with a wide range of neurological injuries, including a dramatic 1,135% rise in autism risks among vaccinated children. Verstraten's findings propelled CDC into DEFCON 1. The agency's top vaccine officials summoned 52 pharmaceutical industry leaders, the foremost vaccinologists from academia and the American Academy of Pediatrics, and public health regulators from the National Institutes of Health, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, CDC, World Health Organization, and European Medicines Agency to a secret two-day meeting at the remote Simpson Wood Retreat Center in Norcross, Georgia, to strategize about how to hide these awful revelations from the public." End quote. Apparently, Nobody had checked to see what the new levels of mercury and aluminum would be on this new vaccination schedule introduced in 1989. At least, this is the claim that's made. Out of the thousands of health professionals supposedly doing the serious work of guarding the public health, nobody took the time to do the necessary and vital calculations before all these new vaccines were approved and rolled out the door. And all that money rolled into Big Pharma's pockets. Somebody finally did the research at last, in 2005, crunching the numbers only after a stratospheric rise in autism and neurological disorders in America's children concurrent with the new vaccine schedule. A report was issued and it began circulating at the highest levels. Because of this, Simply continuing to ignore the issue was no longer an option. Thunderstruck over the implications of the new math that was now very visibly making the rounds inside the big government and big pharma circles, the federal government health agencies and the drug companies convened a summit in Norcross, Georgia that was dubbed the Simpsonwood Conference. Fully grasp what happened here at this two-day conference that should be infamous in American history. Quote, Most of these individuals were physicians and regulatory officials who had committed their lives to public health out of idealism and deep concern for children. Verstraten's data confronted them with the fact that the cumulative mercury levels in all those new vaccines they had recommended had overdosed and generation of American children with mercury concentrations over a hundred times the exposures the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency considered safe. In recommending a vast battery of new vaccines for children, public health regulators had somehow neglected to calculate the cumulative mercury and aluminum loads in all the new jabs." End quote. This was a dereliction of duty of staggering proportions. Dr. Peter Patriarca, who at some point in his life swore to do no harm, quote, Dr. Peter Patriarca, the then director of the FDA Office on Vaccine Research and Review, expressed the general feeling of horror when he asked why no one had calculated the cumulative mercury exposure to children as policymakers added this cascade of new vaccines to the childhood schedule, 
Conversion of the percentage thimerosal to actual micrograms of mercury involves ninth grade algebra. What took the FDA so long to do the calculations? End quote. My speculation? Since Dr. Anthony Fauci had taken over the NIAID in 1984 and by 1989 had assumed control of the NIH and CDC, establishing the template he would use to quickly shepherd expensive new drugs to market on behalf of his big pharma colleagues, anyone trying to pump the brakes on the rushing of these new vaccines into the bodies of America's children suddenly found themselves silenced and disenfranchised. But by 2005, the evidence that something had gone seriously wrong had mounted to the extent that something had to be done. And so the uber-secret Simpsonwood Conference was the result. The big question and crisis that hung over the conference was that these powerful people representing the federal government and the drug makers that had made and authorized these vaccines were going to do now. Not everybody was on board with covering this up. After Dr. FDA official Dr. Ruth Etzel employing her colleagues to do the right thing and go public with this evidence, quote, in the tense days leading up to the Simpson Wood Conclave, children's health champion Dr. Ruth Etzel of the EPA pleaded with her fellow public health leaders to publicly admit they made a terrible mistake by inadvertently poisoning American children and to repair the damage, end quote. Halfway through this eye-opening article, Kennedy drops a bombshell. It's not just an empty boast or extravagant exaggeration on his part when he says he knows the exact day Tapper sold his soul to Big Pharma and why this date was back in 2005. It was after Kennedy himself had been given a copy of the Simpson-Wood Conference's transcripts and writing a huge expose of the vaccine autism cover-up for Rolling Stone magazine that he was approached by ABC News senior producer Jake Tapper. Alerted by a rough draft of Kennedy Jr.'s Rolling Stone story that he was shown, Tapper reached out to him with a proposal that they team up to break this important story. Keen to get on top of such an explosive and important story, Tapper lobbied for being brought on board to the story, getting access to the author's sources and documentary evidence in order to produce his own investigative journalism piece for ABC News to drop simultaneously with the publication of the expose in Rolling Stone magazine. I'll let Kennedy Jr. relate what happened next in his own words. Quote, Tapper spent several weeks working on the story with me and a team of enthusiastic ABC reporters and technicians. During his frequent conversations with me over that period, he was on fire with indignation over the Simpson-Wood revelations. He acted like a journalist hoping to win an Emmy. The day before the piece was to air, an exasperated Tapper called me to say that ABC's corporate officials ordered him to pull the story. 
the network's pharmaceutical advertisers were threatening to cancel their advertising. Corporate told us to shut it down, Tapper fumed. Tapper told me that it was the first time in his career that ABC officials had ordered him to kill a story. ABC had advertised the Simpsonwood expose and its sudden cancellation disappointed an army of vaccine safety advocates and parents of injured children who deluged the network with a maelstrom of angry emails. In response, ABC changed tack and publicly promised to air the piece. Instead, following a one-week delay, the network duplicitously aired a hastily assembled puff piece promoting vaccines and assuring listeners that mercury-laden vaccines were safe. The new bait-and-switch segment precisely followed Pharma's talking points. I'm putting my faith in the Institute of Medicine, ABC's obsequious medical editor, Dr. Jim Johnson, declared in closing. Two pharmaceutical advertisements bracketed the story. After that piece aired, I called Jake to complain. He neither answered nor returned my calls. End quote. Jake Tapper faced a moment of truth, but instead of doing the right thing, he sold out. And now, 17 years later, he's slandering someone telling the awful truth about big government and Big Pharma's latest crimes. Do an internet search for Jenny McCarthy and vaccines and count the number of vicious hit jobs you find going back to 2007. That brings me to Jenny McCarthy. As far as I know, Tapper never slandered McCarthy, but neither did he speak up in her defense, even though he knew before she did about all the massive cover-up that big government and big pharma had hatched together in Norcross, Georgia, back in 2005. Jenny McCarthy did not begin publicly asking uncomfortable questions about vaccines and autism until 2007. McCarthy was famous first as a Playboy Playmate of the Year and later an actress and MTV program host. It was only later after her son developed autism, that she returned to the public eye as an activist demanding answers about links between over-vaccination and neurological disorders, among other emerging public health issues involving young children who've been placed on the accelerated vaccine schedule. For daring to speak out and challenging the public narrative on Big Pharma vaccines back in the day, McCarthy was ruthlessly worked over by big media and big tech working in concert. She became the butt of jokes and numerous attack pieces, like this one that appeared in Slate back in 2010. The gist of the article was that crazy anti-science ex-playmate is still claiming vaccines cause autism. <laughs> from bad astronomy. Jenny McCarthy still thinks vaccines cause autism by Phil Plate, February 27th, 2010. Anti-vax, anti-science, anti-reality. But she was right. And many of the same people 
who've spent a decade and a half defaming her, knew she was right. Jake Tapper knew she was right. ABC News knew she was right. And as far as I can see, neither Tapper nor ABC News ever said one word in her defense in the over 15 years she's been the target of a massive disinformation campaign as one of the most highly visible people asking all the wrong questions about vaccines and autism. She deserves a medal. She's my new hero. I've only been waiting five years to be proven right about Spygate. She's waited more than 15 years for her vindication. And now it's here. Everybody who attacked her or doubted her should apologize. Now. Or join Jake Tapper, the coward, in historical infamy. <laughs>